0: Welcome to That Solo Life, the podcast for PR pros and marketers who work for themselves. People like me, Michelle Kane, with Voice Matters, and my... St- steady as she goes partner in crime karen swim of solo pr pro hi karen how are you today i'm great michelle how are you i'm good i am good it is december and we've got our eyes on the prize of a little time off at the end of the month some holiday cheer if you know what i mean (laughs) holiday chair chair yeah yes (laughs) going to have some chocolate in my chair (laughs) so we thought today we would take a look back at the beauty of 2022 and some of the stories that well maybe not rocked our world but kind of rocked (laughs) the communications the pr and marketing world just my goodness a whole lot happened in 2022 and (laughs) yeah So we wanted to dig in a bit on that today. And I'm sure if you're listening, you're thinking, oh, yeah, good stuff. So, of course, first is the big giant bird in the room, Twitter. (laughs) It's it's still
1: there. (laughs) It's still there. I haven't checked on it in a couple of days, but I'm sure that somebody else would report if it was just gone. I don't think that that will happen, honestly.
0: No, no. I mean, I've seen some camp saying like, oh, just Wait. When he bankrupts it, someone will swoop in or I I, honestly, I don't, I don't know, but it, it hasn't completely broken yet. I am noticing as, you know, I'm, I am was a fan of it for, you know, of course, journalist connections, keeping up with news, but on the personal side for pop culture moments, right? And I did notice, because I don't normally watch the People's Choice Awards, but let's face it, I just needed some brain candy. And uh, I noticed some things that were happening there that might've been viral moments, weren't trending or anything. So it has changed. You know, a lot of people have jumped ship and it's just been a masterclass on how not to run a company.
1: (laughs) It is. So we are going to say that aside from Twitter, Elon Musk is probably one of the biggest stories this year. And why that matters to communicators. And so as we were looking like, what are some of the top stories that really dominated headlines and really had an impact on communications is that obviously we all utilize Twitter, many of us for personal reasons, as you said, Michelle, to connect with journalists, because while journalists have always been on lots of different platforms, Twitter was the place that we would go Either to look at have they been active lately? So if you were, you know, putting together a media list for a campaign, you would go to look like, okay, are they still active? So you would look at have they written any recent stories? Have they been on Twitter? What are they saying over there? Or if you were trying to connect with somebody, like, okay, are they have they posted on Twitter today? Are their DMs open? I mean, it was just a tool for us. And it was a tool, quite frankly, to really nurture those relationships with reporters that we cared about because we could exchange, you know, we could exchange ideas on the platform. We could comment on something that they were writing. We could, you know, be part of their network. And, you know, the when the whole hubbub sort of happened, it really upended stuff. Now, mm-hmm. I will say the other big story around Twitter for communicators just dovetails right into our other two big stories of the year. And that is, what the platform has become. It is mm. truly changed from early days of a communication tool to reach your audience, to engage them, to inform them to a place that has become critical to monitor for
0: misinformation. Yes. Yes. Already, you know, with the whole blue check fiasco, You know, people are being impersonated and just really all of the checks on information has, I won't say all, but let's say most has gone out the window and bad actors have been allowed back in on the scene. And it's to perpetuate misinformation and it's, you know, it's enough in the landscape of information, you know, that we're presented with to be discerning even the best of us sometimes really have to question what's put out there.
1: And it really is, I hate to use this word, but it's become a very efficient vehicle oh, yeah. distributing negative and misinformation and disinformation and malinformation. It really has, yeah. it just, it's very efficient at doing that. And I started to think a little more deeply about my own personal use of social media, apart from clients, but what I personally do,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and I'm in this moment, and because it may change, where I pulled back on all social, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: not because necessarily of my mental health, but because I'm really starting to examine like there's this there's this desire to be on a platform and fight fight for you know accuracy, fight for justice. And I find that lately when I go on Twitter, it's because I'm mad about something. So (laughs) you know, Twitter, the happy place, has become Twitter the angry place where I feel like I can't, I can't not say something about this. This is so (sighs) disturbing that I have to say it. But then I've even started to pull back and and really think about social media is really only as important as we make it. Mm -hmm. There have been A couple of people who have said that, and I feel like those stories have not really obtained, you know, widespread acceptance. But when I really sat and reflected, I realized how many of my own personal friends who are running companies and doing fantastic in their lives and career don't use any social media. Hmm, Interesting. We say, as communicators, (laughs) you must do this. And I've always been like, eh, it's good. Yeah. Know? Because I, I kind of steer away from those definitive statements, like you must do right. this in order to succeed. That's not really true. Twitter's important because we made it important. And we say that, you know, I am one of those people, like I love my community there. I do, but do I have to be on there? Is it, is it, how is it really impacting my real day-to-day life. When I wake up in the morning, if I don't have Twitter, is my life destroyed? It is not.
0: Mm,
1: right. But it importance as we make it more important. So I've decided to shrink it to eh, I'll do it when I feel like it because it's not a have to for me.
0: Right. It's and it's it's good that we have that capability. And yes. you know, when I'm talking with clients and or anyone, it's it's always a case of you know, you you want to be seen where your audience is spending times, and you know, doing that purposefully, not just to be somewhere for the sake of being somewhere. In fact, you know, I'm I'm talking about with a couple of them of saying, I think it's time to do TikTok. Gen Z's there; they're going to be buying your stuff, you know. But as far as Twitter goes, what you said about <laughs> when you go there, you get angry. It's like, well, and if you weren't angry when you when you went in, you're going to get angry. <laughs> Along the way, you know, so that's where I appreciate the people in my feed who are, you know, beautifully snarky and and make me laugh about things too. And I, my my deep concern for for Twitter's downfall or you know downward spiral or those in you know countries where they rely on it uh, for communication and and you know bringing things to light. Um, so hopefully, you know, either that or something else will continue with that but as far as our day to day yeah you know it's great to check in with ourselves and it's funny i personally had gone more into twitter rather than facebook because you're like okay yeah yeah great you had lunch whatever all right uh, not that i don't care but uh, i don't care and you know twitter was more of a place to keep up on things but it, it it does change you know our moods change our needs change our our appetites for things change and that's all good but you know, thinking about the danger of miss mal and disinformation leads us into discussing the 2022 word of the year, which is gaslighting.
1: Yeah, isn't it sad that that's the word of the year, but it's so incredibly accurate.
0: Yes. And it's I feel like it's been a slow build over the past several years of because we've all been experiencing it from many directions.
1: And, and here's why that's important to us as communicators. Realize that, and for those of you who may not be communicators and who are listening to you, I heard a great explanation of gaslighting that I think everybody could grasp onto. And it is the difference between lying and gaslighting is that if somebody tells a lie, you can present them with the evidence. You can say, but you were at the laundromat because here's a photo of you at the laundromat with a timestamp." Yeah. At that time. Yeah. So a liar will admit like, okay, bust it. I was at the laundromat. Gaslighters will hold on to that and say, you're being brainwashed. That picture's yes. not real. Yes. That's, you're in an alternate reality. So yeah, I think... More and more, we really have to understand that we're not just dealing with people because I think we all struggle with this personally within our own networks mm-hmm. of people that we just feel like we can talk sense into, that we can be rational with. Gaslighting and and this is stemmed from the amount of misinformation that they consume. So misinformation says, don't believe those people. They're mm-hmm. not on your side. They're lying. That didn't really happen. Oh, there's no inflation. They're tricking you. They're saying that there's inflation because they want you to do X. Oh, the government is giving free money so that people don't have to work. Don't believe that there's a labor shortage. They're lying to you. Don't believe that it's dark outside. It's really tight. Right. So they continue to present misinformation over and over and over and over and over again. And once you see it enough times, it becomes fact. Mm-hmm. that then leads into this gaslighting phenomena it's really important that we understand the mentality that is taking hold of our clients audiences you're yes. dealing with something so insidious and so dangerous it's it, and this whole attitude has i think also allowed us to cultivate this horrific environment where things like Anti-Semitism as just, yeah. um, did Did you ever think that would be on the twenty twenty two bingo card? I did not. I mean, come in twenty twenty two. Be dealing with Uh, issues and hatred against so many different types of people. Yeah, and so we have to realize that these attitudes are there. There are these rooted in misinformation and the gaslighters are leading this effort, misinformation about women in general. And it's frightening that as we have made more strides, there is a faction of our society that is determined Mm -hmm. to hold us back. Mm -hmm. I was so disturbed when I read that burnout among women founders is much higher than their male counterparts. And I get it because we're not just fighting the fight of creating a business and keeping it running. We're also fighting the fight of being a woman creating a business. And again, folks, 2022 headed into 2023 and the battles that we thought that we were making progress on and have made progress on, it feels like somebody's like pushing us back. And and trying to erase the gains that we've made. And so as communicators, we have to be aware of this mindset. We have to be aware of these things that are cropping up so that we can make sure that our messaging can cut through the lie, the misinformation, the gaslighting. We have to find new and better ways or our clients to become trusted sources. We have to help our clients to fight this battle internally, because believe it or not, this also affects a company and organization. Mismount and disinformation is not just something that happens externally. It happens internally as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it affects day-to-day decisions. It affects mindset and, you know, and even thinking back, it feels like there's been a decades long I let to say campaign, but uh, you know, of anti-intellectualism, yes, you know, and and you know that that having facts and having truth means, you know, oh, you're just think you're better than me. It's like, well, no, truth is truth. I always hold on to that that clip of when John Stewart was on crossfire. Mm. and you know, they were expecting him to be the funny guy, and he just he really laid into both both of them and said, we just want the truth you know th- these are our lives this is not entertainment this is this is real stuff that affects real lives and yeah i'm funny about it but that's cuz my show's a comedy show but this show is not a comedy show yeah. and you know and that's one thing we've talked about is is the blurring of lines between entertainment and hard news and that goes back oh goodness 20 30 years now and it all comes down to budgets and money and you know, networks deciding they don't want to fund their newsrooms the way they used to. They, they want everyone it's, yeah, I could go down a bunny trail, but I won't. Uh,
1: I I will say that all of these are things that we need to watch all of these trends that we're seeing over the year, but it also, let's talk about the positive side of this. Yes, There has never been a better opportunity for solo PR pros Yep. These are all areas that we really can help in. So yeah. there is this gap in the information space. I saw something recently that said, you know, hey, it's not just me, blogs are popular again. Mm-hmm. I think that there is a segment of our society that is hungry for accurate information, yeah. period. Agree. Think about the sources that they turn to. I'll give you an example that maybe has something to do with some of you who deal in healthcare. I am horrified by the amount of people that I see on a daily basis on social media asking for medical advice, advice that should never go out to random strangers on the internet. And the reason that they're asking for advice is where do they turn? You can't get in to see a doctor these days because they're booked because we have the shortage and the system is bursting at the scenes. So if you can't get in to see your doctor. You can't even get a virtual care appointment, or maybe your doctor doesn't even offer virtual care. You don't know where to turn for regular medical consumer information. So you have Googled some stuff and you're more confused than ever. Yeah. You turn to the internet in desperation to get help. Yeah. That frightens me because I grew up in the healthcare system. And so I know how bad some of this information is. And I also know that one person's symptoms do not equal your diagnosis. So your clients likely live in a space where there is some gap where you can fill in with accurate information and news. That's an opportunity. Start to think about that for 2023. Where can I get my clients to show up? What tools can I have them have? Can I have them to beef up their content marketing plan for 2023? Can we add our own sort of new style delivery programs in 2023? What can we do to be a resource to our audience? People do want good information. Yes, they want to be entertained. Yes, all of that. But I think in some ways, we've gone too far down the dumbing down path to where it's all listicles and, you know, five things that were super funny yesterday. But we're seeing, you know, layoffs across the board in media, too. And so yeah. I think that this need for accurate, timely information is only going to grow in 2023. So let's
0: use that. I agree. I agree. I mean, there's a reason why people are looking for that information. There, there is a hunger for the truth. And, type. and we are in a prime position to provide it. I know I'm very proud of, you know, one of my clients is a financial services company. And when the pandemic hit with all of the this, this support and that loan and that thing, and they're still providing good information, you know, being that that lifeline out there, of people saying, oh, Okay, we can trust them. They're we know, they're going to give us good information. So, you know, work with your clients on this, it's, it is. It is a great way to share their expertise and to just get known, and and to become a trusted trusted resource. I think that's great. But yeah, you spoke about
1: your own media, you know, vehicle. There's we've talked about that for years, and Uh we've done the blog post. But I think this twenty twenty three is a year that you really can take that to the next level, and you can helm that. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that you have to write all the content or tape all the videos or do all the things, but. You definitely can drive the strategic plan for them to be more informative, more insightful and take control of their own stuff and put out more of their own content. Because as we know, uh, it's depressing. If you go back and look at a media list that you had from 2020, let's say just not even three years ago. Yeah. I promise you a bunch of those outlets no longer exist. A bunch of those reporters have moved on. They wrote books. They went to venture capital companies. They took jobs. They're doing something else. It's really depressing at how much that landscape has um, shrink, right. but again, opportunity. Here's the other big opportunity. When we talk about mismal and disinformation, as a PR pro, you can help your clients To view things from the lens of different perspectives in their audience so that you can start to bulletproof the things that they put out into the world.
0: Oh, totally.
1: It's so easy for people within a company to get buried in a silo and to look for things and, you know... I lovingly say, drink the Kool-Aid where you're (laughs) so bought into the company message that you're not considering that other people might look at it differently. Right. We have so many checkpoints that we have to test for. We have to test it against, you know, will every gender see this the same way? Mm -hmm. Will every generation see this the same way? Will every political group see this the same way? What about ethnicities? There's just so many different nuances. And so you have to look at something and go, huh, this works for this segment, but this is how it can be perceived. That takes a expert communicator to guide clients through that. Otherwise, you have stuff happen like what happened with Balenciaga, who not the first bad thing that's done. no. one in a long line of bad things, but we've seen other examples on smaller scale. Yeah. We can help clients to avoid those disasters by t- by guiding them, by being their strategic counsel. And so that's something that as a solo PR pro, you need to enforce your value that you're not just the pretty message person, you're no. not the person, you know, the master of the one-liners and the puns and the samples. <laughs> No, I help your butt to be trusted by your audience and to stay out of trouble. Help exactly, reputation.
0: No, I I always say I, I always pull a line from a Billy Bragg song. I am your little black cloud in a dress. It is my job to point out Love that I, you know not to be negative about you know say oh we can't do anything but okay if we do this just be ready for X Y Z and let's try and shift in this direction. You know that's that is our job. Our job is to. Both, you know, be very detail oriented, of course, but also to pull back and see the bigger picture. And yeah, you, know, you know, we may not have ownership stake in our clients, but we're looking out for their best interests and the overall health of their business and the interests of the audiences. And I, yeah, I like you said,
1: I love that line, <laughs> but I like what you said because. Legal departments look out for legal risk, financial departments look out for financial risk, right. compliance officers look out for compliance risk, but we kind of cover all of those umbrellas. We're looking yeah. at all of those things together, but we're also looking at what are people going to think of you? Yeah. And then we're protecting our audience, the, their audiences as well. So it's a unique job because the CFO is not looking out for the financial health of the organization's customers. But we are. We're looking out for their interest as well. So we have to protect all of those entities. And I think it's really, really important that we stop selling ourselves short as taskmasters. That's not what we do, that's not why people pay us. Start owning that information that lives in your head, our brains, and our knowledge and our strategic thinking. That
0: is how you win in the new year hundred percent. couldn't agree more. And what a note to end on. <laughs> we hope you have found this time valuable. We hope you've been inspired, maybe even a little fired up. And if you are, we would love for you to share this around and subscribe so you get a notice when these podcasts pop up. And until next time, thanks for listening to That's All Life.